Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. I am Sykes and this is my podcast. Now before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode with William James. If you are one of those people, I hope you enjoyed the conversation and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome! Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Now today, my friend Lazy JP is on the program. For those of you who do not know JP, he is a alternative indie, well he's not really indie, he's just like an alternative hip-hop guy, I guess indie hip-hop guy, backpack rap, whatever you want to call it, you know, he's, he's a rapper. He, he makes rap songs, and he also sings, too. I think he's actually would consider himself a singer more than a rapper, maybe. I don't know. But he does both, and he makes music, and, you know, that's, we're going to fucking talk about that today. Uh, we're going to talk about, you know, finding underground hip-hop in the early 2000s through, like, new Metal and Linkin Park and Mindless Self-Indulgence, which is something that I can relate to. Uh, we're on that same page there. And we'll talk about, you know, his evolution as a musician, a singer, and a songwriter. And also discuss the evolution and debate things with uh, other artists that we've grown up listening to. And artists in current music, in pop, and hip-hop, and rock, and all that kind of shit. You know, talking about business, and how it can dig into the creative side of things. And the DIY culture of hip-hop, and how you can utilize the internet and social media in a productive way with hip-hop that you really can't do with a lot of other genres of music. It's pretty interesting. I never really thought about it like that before, but we talk about it, and it's cool, you know? Uh, for those of you, again, who do, don't know Lazy JP, he does have a uh, some stuff that I'm going to tell you about before we get the episode started, some plugs, some things I'm going to drop. Fuck the links. I'll just put them in the description, but I will tell you about the projects. He does have uh, him and Bars Blackman, who's actually going to be on the show in a few weeks as well, just did a split EP together. Well, I guess it's not really a split, but they did an EP together. It's called The Rock Lobster EP. It's Bars Blackman and Lazy JP, and you could check that out now on the Subterranean Alien SoundCloud page. The link it will be in the description of this. And also, JP asked me to plug a show for him that's coming up. I believe the date is March 28th, and this thing is... Uh, God, my phone can't load any fucking slower. Yes, March 28th at the Brackenridge Legion. I don't know where the fuck that is, but, you know, that's what Google's for. It's going to be... Uh, Bullet Hound, Lazy Blackman, which is Lazy JP and Bars Blackman, The Red Room Effect, Treed, John and the Boys, and Hail Mary. Uh, and uh, what else does this say? I can't read this flyer. Crack Kills on the ones and twos. That's what it said when I full screened the shit. So yeah, it's the uh, March 28th at the Brackenridge Legion. Check it out. And that's about that. Let's get on with the episode. Sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat! thing that I've gotten kind of really uh, into for starting these is like saying like, let's start at the start. I know you from being a performer, a an MC, vocalist, Dorn. musician of sorts. A bard. So where the fuck did that start? Um, I have been making music like for a long time in various ways. Uh, I've been uh, I've been singing since I was like a little kid. Like I did like church choir, and then I did like as soon as I could do chorus in school, I did that, and I sang and I sang and I sang, and I did musicals and did that kind of stuff, and that was like the start. My dad kind of frowned upon bands, 
Because my uncle was in an 80s hair metal band <laughs> that called, it was called Nitro, and That's... they actually were decently sized. Like, I think they, he tore it with, like, the touring bass player because they were kicked out the first one. And but they went on Headbangers Ball with the Ricky Rackman. Oh shit! So okay. it was like that level. Like they were like a one-hit wonder, and they had just some like guitar virtuoso Michelangelo, I think his name was. Yeah. And uh, and then the band broke up immediately. Michelangelo went solo, and uh, my uncle was uh, didn't get much money after. Didn't get any royalties because oh, he sure. technically wasn't in the band. But he was going. He was, but he wasn't. He didn't because the albums that were set that sold. He had no rights to the music, so yeah. he's uh, he tried to he chased he chased the uh, band dream forever, and uh, but now he's he's like doesn't work and he's so your dad he kind of wasted like, his life chasing the dragon. Shit. Yeah, because yeah. you'll just waste your life. That's exactly what it was. Like he got so close and still nothing, and so I copped out. I was like, well, I'll just do school stuff like chorus and stuff, and that was like my way of getting away with it. And then slowly I did a bands. I did a few bands in like ninth grade, eighth grade. What kind of bands? Um, I was. Uh, this is going to sound terrible, but I was super into Lincoln Park in eighth grade. Fuck like, that! That ain't terrible. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I feel like <laughs> I, it, there's like periods where you got judged for saying you like Lincoln Park, and then there's periods where like it's cool to like them. So I can never know anymore. I never know anymore. It's me. It's always okay to like Lincoln Park. Okay, shit. Like with I like them and System of a Down, yeah. but I and uh, like the new metal that new metal phase. Um, but I didn't have a voice for that. I couldn't scream. I have like a more I had like a more melodic voice, so it kind of never really worked. And the people in the band, like the one dude was super into the Chili Peppers and Queens of the Stone Age, and the other dude was super into like old shit, and it just didn't work. It was all clashed. It just didn't. work. I feel like that's how like high school bands are a lot of the times. So Everyone's like, a, a hodgepodge of people. yeah, it's mishmashed, and then you end up covering one song that everybody likes. So we did, <laughs> you know, just do like a Green Day song, and uh, I think we did, I made us do like a Violent Femme song because I liked Blister in the Sun. We did that. Sure, and that was fun. I. Uh, but yeah, and then after that, I, I it was hard for me to do bands because it was like had to it, I was jaded because it was like everyone had to have the same work ethic and everyone has to have like the create like someone has to be in creative control and agree on that or like it's if it's a collective thing like it's hard for me to compromise creatively sometimes. Uh, so then I started doing like I had just one acoustic guitar player when I did like singer songwriter things like they would make the chords and I would write the, the lyrics and the melodies and we would cover we started out by covering rap songs we covered Lollipop by Little Wayne it's probably on the internet somewhere in the sure in the archives at this time were you listening to hip hop at all were you into it or was it just like more a casual like it's there. Um, the, my progression in music has been very eclectic. My, uh, I've jumped around, uh, I get good phases. I'm big in phases. Like, the, I had my Linkin Park system of a down phase. There's some kind of hip-hop with the Linkin Park. Well, of course. So, and like, especially, like, the reanimation album. Yeah. That is what, that, I would say, that album was what broke me into underground hip-hop. Because there's, like, Black Thoughts on oh, that. Oh, totally, yeah. Jurassic, some uh, Charlie Tuna from Jurassic 5's on a song. But then there were like G uh, Jonathan Davis is on a song. Like it was like a cool mix of everything. There was even some techno kind of people on that album. And yeah. I, that album like changed the game for me. And then I got into Lupe Fiasco. Uh, that his first album, Food and Liquor, was like a it's huge. The shit, dude. That changed me. Like that was like, rap can be smart and cool and sure. good. And because I was like crap, rap's crap. I hate rap. Like actual rap. Because it was like Fifty Cent at the time. Like everything was bad. I liked Eminem. And fifth, like fifth grade Eminem and Limp Bizkit, like that, I lumped them all together. <laughs> Eminem was like the same with all those guys, even though, because I, I didn't, wasn't able to appreciate the technical lyrical content of Eminem as opposed to simple Fred Durst lyrics. Sure, um, I mean you're in fifth grade. So what yeah, the fuck do sixth you want? grade. Yeah. yeah, fifth, sixth grade. Yeah, so yeah, I was watching SpongeBob, so I didn't <laughs> fucking know the difference. And like I had the edited too. Like Limp Bizkit edited was like it was pretty entertaining because they got so creative with the ways they bleep out the f word. I don't know if I've ever heard. That. That stuff. Oh my god, it's wonderful. There's like Galaga noises and like just oh, weird really? shit. Because it, yeah, because it's not just beeps. It's like they put weird, goofy noises in all of the swear words. So it was a little more interesting. I gotta track that down. Yeah, it's it's good. Okay, talking starfish. Uh, <laughs> that one you gotta get. Um, but then after that, I um, I got into real like singer songwriter stuff. So. Like Jack Johnson and John Mayer and Jason Mraz. Love Jason Mraz. And nobody, like, you wouldn't think that about me or, like, uh, like I go from, like, in that kind of shit to 
Jason Mraz, but he's like one of my favorite favorite artists. He's a he, good songwriter. Excellent songwriter, and like and like everyone knows him for like the pops, I'm Yours, or the Remedy, or whatever. But like obviously he's got a really good catalog and really good songs, and he's got an excellent voice. He's like perfect pitch. He can tune his guitar just by like he goes hmm, and he'll and he'll tune his guitar because <laughs> he's just fucking flawless voice. Uh, yeah, I got real into him and that kind of stuff and wanted to... And it was like, he's got a little bit of a hip-hop, R&B vibe in, in a lot of his songs that aren't, like, the singles. And I, and I like that. I like Ben and I like Sublime and I like 311 and I liked in Incubus and I liked... Sure. That, I mean, I, I didn't go deep into underground stuff in the in those times, but um, but I liked people that bend genres. People that are different. Gorillas, always, since a young age. That was also my first foray into underground hip hop because of Dell. Yeah. And and that stuff. And the second album had Doom on it and, and that. Um and I like that. I like people that were that was different. I liked sampling, but I liked live instruments and I liked yeah. I liked all of it. I feel like I can relate to that. I was always really intrigued by a lot of the same stuff that you mentioned and just artists who it was it was really hard, like, well, if any time somebody's like, what's that like? And I have to like really think really hard to describe it. Chances are it's something that I really, really like. Yeah. It's things that are, you can't quite put your finger on it. Like, oh yeah, that's, they're a death metal band. Exactly. Exactly. Like, that's, that's it. Hey, you hit yeah, the nail on the head. Yeah. Mindless Self-Indulgence I loved. Yeah. That's another band that I was obsessed with. Because I was like, what is this creature? Sure. Like, it's it's fast. It's got hip-hop, but it's it's sampling drum machines. But it's got, like, it's, oh, man. It's punk feel. Like, I loved it. Yeah, yeah. That The Frankenstein Girls album is my favorite Tight. album of all time. I, I love Frankenstein Girls. I love Frankenstein Girls. But Tight was the first one that I was yeah. like, sneak up and hit you like a fucking tornado. Yeah. yeah. Like, what is this? It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, the Tight had a lot more of, like... It wasn't as chaotic, and it did have more of like that hip hop groove yeah, to it. Yeah, that's I think why. I, the I, first thing that I ever heard from them was Frankenstein. Yeah, stuff. yeah. So like that was like that blew my head open, mm. wide open. I'm still recovering. Yeah, from that yeah. Shit. I will never forget because I was probably in like seventh or eighth grade at this eighth grade maybe at this point, and my uncle was like, for my birthday, he's like, you can go and buy a couple of two CDs, and Forty Ounce of Freedom for Blind was the first one. But the other one was Frankenstein Girls. No shit. And we put in Frank. He, my uncle was young. Like he was probably in his. He was probably like our age. Is this the uncle that was in the? No, no, okay. different uncle. Different, he was okay. like twenty eight, and he was younger. So like he he was kind of open to things. But we put in that, and it was like when I say we, you say suck. And then the back mask wearing song came on. And it was like dun, 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 dun. and we're like what? He just like freaked him out for life. Like, <laughs> like he's like messages like talking about Satan and stuff. Like oh man. Yeah, that album is. It pushed. There, there, there's nothing else in the world like it. No, to I, this day, there's nothing else like it. I it's don't understand why. I don't understand why someone wouldn't go back and like not imitate it, but like the, it can be. I, I think, think it could come back. I think that that just came from such a genuinely fucked up and weird place. Yeah, you're right. And just that having that right influence and that right desire to do something to pull it off like that. That's like. That's the thing that I respect a lot about that album is like, there's nothing fake about it. No. It's like, so this is what him. Yeah, we him. wanted to do and we did it and it's completely insane. It's just, that's, I think that's why. And one you can tell even with the albums after, like with Rebel to Anything and after that, like they, it was not ever as raw as it no. was in the first two, those first two projects. There was something that happened in that, that point. Yeah. You know what's fucked up is, uh, Jimmy Urine's actually pretty old, and whenever Frankenstein Girls came out, he was like 28 or 29 years old. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So it's like, I'm really curious, because like, there's no way that that's the first. I know that like they were doing music stuff before that. Yeah, yeah. I'd be so curious to hear like what music he it was, was doing insane. in like, his like late teens, early yeah, 20s. Yeah. I would love to hear that stuff. Because you, you, you could tell you like, he might even have rapped at one point. Like, oh, sure. Like he some, has a background in a uh, lot of different you stuff. You can tell, yeah. And I feel like Frankenstein Girls is maybe at this point where like he's about to be 30. It's and he's just like, opus. fuck it. I don't give a shit. I don't care anymore. Uh -huh. I'm done taking this seriously. And then all of a sudden comes this thing that changed his life in the career yeah but i mean even though like it, it, it's but it's it's so it, different it's like a ma it's a masterpiece of his like it's a great album great and it makes album. sense there's like 
there's a lot of songs on that album that didn't really like they're catchy and I knew all the words but listening to them later in life I get it like there's that one song that's like I'm too old to be keeping up with all the kids yeah keeping up with all the kids and it makes yeah. sense it's like okay yeah you're probably 28 years old this song makes total sense yeah, when I heard it when yeah. I was 15 it didn't register but now when I hear it I'm like I get it because oh, I feel yeah, like yeah. this and that's another good point you bring up is like I've been like going back and listening to things from when I from then. Like I listened to re went back and listened to Gorillas recently, but and then and Miles Self and it's like and you you understand it's so much more. You appreciate the little like nuances, especially as an artist now, like as who's progressed. Like you you recognize what what is so special about it. What was so amazing about that time and how it never happened again. I, it's crazy yeah. stuff like that it never happens again. Yeah, that sound. You like it was at one time, and it's never gonna. You're never gonna. I get think it. it's just yeah. It's the right. It's like that genuine passion combined with the right combination of people. Mm -hmm. Again, like those first two Gorillaz albums are insane. Plastic Beach. I like Plastic Beach. Yeah. It's just it's just so different. It's because it's so new wavy and yeah. synthy compared you know, to because it was kind of adapting to. Because that's what's in, like even like that album was well, how old now like five years old. Plastic Beach probably is four, like two thousand nine. Two thousand yeah. yeah. It, and if you listen to that and then listen to music, the pop music and the underground pop music coming now, it's all synthy and new wavy like that. And sure, I think, you still think it was kind of like ahead of the time. That's what I'm saying. Like even though I might not have like been into it because I like samples and break beaty stuff, I think that it still probably was ahead of its time. Yeah, I think that maybe that's my problem with Plastic Beach is whenever I first, I haven't listened to it since it came out, and I think when I was like, oh, new Gorillaz album, I want to hear the Gorillaz. And then I didn't hear that, and I was like, yeah, fuck this, and then I just never went back and listened to it. Who yeah. knows? I could go back and listen to it when we're done talking to this and be like, Jesus Christ. I did recently, I and a little, appreciate it. It's, a, it's definitely, I think, more even abstract than the, the first two albums. Um, it's a little more experimental, and and the features on it are crazy. Like, he's just like, these are like dream features of Damon Albarns. You can tell that these aren't just like, <laughs> this is going to sound good. This is just people I want to work with. Like, sure. Bob, Bobby Womack, this like 70s soul like singer uh -huh. is, is on it. And it sounds crazy because he's like 76 on and, <laughs> and screaming his lungs out on, on the one song with most deaf. Um, yeah. Love me, love me some grills. How did, um, okay, so you're doing singer-songwriter stuff. Okay, and yeah. you did a cover of Lollipop. That's, yes. where, that's where we... Oh, that's yeah, let's go back to the, the timeline. The timeline. Yeah, um, so Lollipop happens. This is what, like 2008 or nine? Maybe? Yeah, yeah, you got okay. it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And um, that was like our, my first... People noticed, like, people were like, hey. Because like, it was like a cover, and it sounded good, and it was a mixture. Like, it, had a, it related to people that liked the song, or people that liked just singing and acoustic stuff. So we, it got a decent amount. Like, I, it was the first thing I ever put on YouTube, and it got like 800 plays. Which for me at the time, for doing nothing, oh, zero. Sure. That was cool. Like, that was a, wow, this is, maybe I could do this. Mm -hmm. And then we did, like, another, it was Little Wayne and Wyclef. It was called Sweetest Girl and Akon. And it was, like, had an acoustic... Oh, I remember beat. that fucking song. It was, it was a catchy little tune. <laughs> and uh, we did that. And it did, like, it did decent. And then we did some originals. And, and this was when I was at college. I was at St. Vincent College at the time, freshman year. And we did a couple shows. And we... And, at the school in the area there. And we were known at the, at the campus. And... And then we went and did some shows in Oakland, and like at the co there was like a Connections Cafe. It was yeah, called in I Oakland. remember that place on Bates. Yeah, yeah, we performed there a couple times, and then that was the end of it. I that was the end of it. I ended up transferring out of there. I played football at the time, and okay, and yeah, I was did I was like a pretty well rounded dude. I did a lot. Of, I was involved in so many different things. Um, and, uh, but I didn't, it was too much to play football, go to school, and try to do all this shit, and, and St. Vincent's is so f fucking expensive and, and ridiculous and conservative, it just wasn't my scene, it was terrible up there, small, and I How'd you it. end up there? Uh, my, basically my parents really wanted me to, my dad really wanted me to play football at somewhere, and they were, they give you, like, it's D3, so that you don't get athletic scholarships, but they kind of, like, Grant give you grants and try to like make it easy for you to get to pay to go there because it's like high tuition, um, and uh, so I played. My dad wanted me to play football and that's what I did. And because um, I was pretty, I was all right and I'm pretty good in high school. Like, did you play football like all throughout high school and shit? Oh yeah, since I was probably like um, in like fourth grade. Damn. 
Yeah, I'm, I played football a long time. When's the last time you played football? No. That, 2010, <laughs> 2009, okay. 2010, around the same time as yeah. my music, my, I started getting more into doing music. Okay. And that's always what I wanted to do, obviously. Like, I love, I, no, I don't knock, I don't regret playing football. Maybe I regret playing it in college, but, um, cause I, it, it took away from what I wanted to do. Um, but I always, music is always my first passion and love. Yeah. Always. And so now that's what I do. Like now I'm free, free from you know to do okay. what I please. So this is what I make, and that's what I want to do is make music however I, I want to make. I figure if I like it, then there's got to be somebody out there that exactly like that. If it's yeah. only like two people, whatever. Yeah, because yeah. I mean I, I I think I have pretty decent taste. So I, I would imagine if someone else has similar taste that they ah uh, sure they might enjoy it, enjoy sure. a tune. Uh, it doesn't seem like the stuff that you mentioned that you listen to. I don't know what you listen to now, but like your yeah. the main inspiration from seems bad, like, you yeah you got my like they were things that middle school liked. and you high school stuff, you didn't have yeah. like some real weirdo eclectic taste in music like listening to like some guy that bangs on no no or some shit it you know? wasn't it wasn't necessarily it was eclectic in the sense it was all over the place but it wasn't underground like it was yeah. all mainstream like I like I like the Temptations and my parents listened to my dad liked Ozzy and hair metal and and my mom liked the Beatles and like Alanis Morissette uh, and like Jagged Little Pill. Like, so I was, my parents are younger. Like they were probably in their twenties in the nineties. Yeah. Same. And, uh, um, so that got exposed to a lot of eighties hair metal mm -hmm. and a lot of, uh, but then what was new in the nineties. So like Oasis and third eye blind and like Nirvana, like we, my parents had all those Alice in Chains. Like they had never yeah. mind. Like they had all these classic CDs. And then when I was in middle school to know what they had, like I was still stole all of them. Yeah, stole. Sure. I stole every CD they had. The Violent Femmes, like I, they had all these great albums, and I had no idea Queen, and I just and I just listened to everything. But you grew up around good music. So yeah, yes. So. Other than the hair metal, yes. <laughs> None poison, of that stuff stuck with you. The Poison and Molly Crew and that shit. You I don't like it. that shit. No, no I, hate fuck it. With it. I hate it. Hate it. You still I hate it. it? Yeah, I hate this the high pitched singing. I can't. I'll okay. Never, I can't ever. That's what gets it. Like I can appreciate the shredding and whatever, but. Uh, I can't do the the screaming high pitch shit, the Skid Row, Sebastian Box of the singing, <laughs> you know, the Cherry Pies. Yeah, like they're, they're all ingrained. They're all ingrained in my brain forever. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think I have just like a weird nostalgic soft spot for all that shit. I hate it. I can't say the last time I ever put on a Skid Row album just to listen to it. Warrant. But you know, if like you like Warrant. No, nah, I never could fuck with Warrant. I can, um, I can name you so many obscure uh, hair metal bands that I just despise because my parents listened to them. Yeah, my my dad was my dad and my mom were both into all that shit. Like my mom was seventeen when she had me, so like my parents were young as fuck. But um, whenever you were done doing football and the acoustic thing was done and things like that, eventually. This rap shit happens. Okay, yeah, we're getting to that. We're getting, we're getting that. to that. Is there it's anything else that I'm missing? It's, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, we got time. We've uh, yeah. Um, uh, and then in, and then I got into a sophomore year of of, uh, of college was what 2009 2010. Um, hip hop started to really change, and I didn't get into underground. I still wasn't into the underground yet, but I, I I knew I was listening to Wiz Khalifa while in like high school, like oh eight oh seven. I did listen to the mainstream, like Little Wayne. Obviously, I loved Little Wayne because he. I mean, deny undeniable in that period, like oh six to oh eight, he was killing shit like the Drought and the Carters, and like he had really good stuff then. That was prime. Ti was doing good. Yeah, like there was some decent hip hop then. And that was like how I appreciate it, because I hated the G Unit and the Fifty Cent eras. I didn't appreciate that at all. And um, then I got to that, and it was good. And it was all right. And Wiz was good. I liked Wiz, like, but not in his like Pittsburgh sound. Uh, if you remember, yeah, if I you're remember familiar with all that shit. Yeah. Prince of the City too, like, uh, and Star Power, and I listened to all of that. And then that got me, but that was like my entrance to better stuff, like Kid Cudi. And J. Cole first started, and, like, Wale was in the beginning. Like, it was main... These guys eventually became mainstream, but they were underground at the time. I was following, like, the XXL freshmen, anyone who was on it, because I like Lupe Fiasco. I liked Asher Roth. Uh, 
he was very lyrical. Like even though he got hated the on the college thing, that, yeah. but he was actually really talented. He's actually a really talented dude. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's the same thing that Macklemore has going through. Now. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's gonna write because he's had a one. He's had more. He's had three hits. So that already is good. His album is more solid. Was more solid. Sure, sure. But it's, and it's I, he's a, another guy that I followed early, earlier on and watched like appreciate like. This guy isn't just some industry machine. Like he actually came from an underground pushing in the in the blogosphere. This internet underground now. Yeah. Um, for a while in the blogosphere, and then I saw him come out with the the thrift shop, and it was completely different than the music he made before that. Oh sure. Obviously pop. Um, but uh, I'm not a fan. Of, I'm not like a big fan of him or anything. But I appreciate the how he did it. Like how he did it. Like he's he's not like. This in, it's not like a flow ride. He's putting in the work. Yes, and he's he has lyrically talented, and his music is it might not be my cup of tea, but it's something different than what we've been listening in pop music for the past five to ten years. It's been pretty pop music has been pretty terrible, I would say, pretty manufactured. And, I mean, it's up and down. Yeah, it's always it's a hell of yeah. There's it's a always, cycle. It's there's a cycle. always people that I like and people that I don't like. Yeah. yeah it's just... Well, I always, and then I loved Atmosphere. That was that was a big moment when I got into Atmosphere, which is probably the end, towards the end of high school. And I got into, you can't imagine how much fun you're having, and Seven's Travels, and then I listened to those before when Life Gives You Lemons came out, and then that was when they kind of got a big buzz for that from that album, and then I was obsessed with them and just listened to every, got whole discography. And then that's how I got into like Cage. Cage is my probably my number one okay favorite influence of me as a rapper. I would say Cage um, got super just like his middle album Hell's Winter. That that's like prime Leak Brothers. Like that's lyrical and 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 being different. Like the has like a rock element too, but it's not too much. He got kind of watered down with it later on. I but, think that there's only so much. Uh, agony one person can go through yeah. and write about. Every, I mean, like I feel like at a point that your life kind of balances out, people know who you are and you're doing okay. You yeah. can't write that shit anymore. anymore yeah, because you're not living it anymore. Yeah, because I think because and I liked him Cage a lot because his fur his albums are all completely different from each other. His the way he delivers his rhymes, everything about him is like completely transformed, and he gets thinner as it goes. It seems as well, uh, incredibly thinner. Um, but Hell's Winter is like that's I think his like sweet spot. That's my I'm not that's not a lot of people don't say that's his, their, his best album, but that's what I think is his best one. And like this is the Weatherman phase. Like that's got me into LP and Aesop Rock and Tame One and Kimuteo and that all and that grew from there to other underground guys. Um, more lyrical stuff. Most I like most Def. I like Talib Kweli. I like the conscious. I got it was into Common and Kanye. Love Kanye. Love fucking Kanye. You still he, like? You still love Kanye? Oh, he's an asshole. You can't deny. <laughs> no one. You can't deny. But that like he's his an music. Asshole. Do you like Jesus? I it, honestly, I think that he was trying to tap into something that and I, and but I don't think he got it. I no. think, I think it was a misstep. I think my beautiful twisted dark fantasy was excellent though. The one, I think that the, has its moments. Yeah. I think that was a great out. I like that with Runaway and Power and and those are a lot of good songs on that. Um, he I mean he has his low moments. I think are eight oh eights and and this Yeezus, but. Even that, I mean, if those are his low moments, that's not a bad. I career. mean, I, I think like dude, I could listen to college dropout or late registration any day, any moment of the day. Yeah, like those albums are so good and so just genuinely Kanye. And I mean, people evolve and change. Like we just said that with Cage, you know, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And, but I just think that like oh, he's a where, I think where Cage evolved in more of just like a natural way of his life becoming more stable and yeah. better. Yeah. I think Kanye is like trying to he's like grasping at straws trying to like maintain some sort of social ground that he doesn't need to maintain because he has it. Yeah. It's like always like I need to do this and he's always trying to, it seems like he's always trying to like prove a point. Like he yeah. seems like he was trying to prove this point that he was like different and yeah, weird yeah. and he like, still could do that still creative and it's like motherfucker everything that you've done has been different and creative and pushing the boundary yeah. in some ways just 
well, stay you. Stop trying to be somebody else. Like, well, I think well, and, and I Watch the Throne was excellent. Like, I thought Watch the Throne is one of his higher points. Like, I think that album, like, it was Jay Z. It was I think lyrically took a seat on that album, but the production and things, like, I think that was a very well put together album. I can listen to that album almost any like any time. Um. I like and I like Jay Z and I like Nas. I, I, it's hard. I always forget to m- mention the classics like Eminem. I forgot that yeah. too. Like, because everyone should like those people. Like Nas is an, Nas is amazing. Nas is one of my favorite rappers ever uh, in terms of lyrical content. And, and from doing, he's if it wasn't for Nas, you wouldn't even have a lot of these new smart different guys like in like Wu-Tang did it in a darker direction but Nas was like a neutral like I feel like his music was always like he exposed the gangster side and the in the in the streets life but it was also positive elements and and social socially aware uh, it was a nice balance as opposed yeah. to other people at the time and lyrically he was excellent and yeah I think he just had some bad missteps and bad albums got caught up in 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 what was cool instead of keeping what he should have kept doing. I, I think, think that's, what, that, that's why Jay-Z's career, I think, it's, it might well, would be... I think it gets hard, too, whenever your music becomes not your music. Mm-hmm. It's, you've... I mean, like, even, like, Nas at one point or another probably eventually became a product oh, yeah. of management, the people who, like, his... What he puts out is responsible for the the financial Capitalism. stability of a ton of people. Oh yeah. So you have all these people That's... like we need you to do this, push it in this direction, push it in that direction. Well, especially, and I think it gets really complicated. Especially like, at that time where the music industry was at its probably prime uh, in terms of cap, you know, making money is right before the big down, the big Napster downfall. I would say, or enduring it in the beginning, in the infant stages of it. Yeah. So music was still making a lot of money at that point, and uh, so yeah, well, the record companies ruled. I, I think record companies are so crippled right now. It's it's awesome. It's I, up and down. I see. I I don't know. I I don't think. I don't know how they they have to adapt to the to the time to the internet. Because they can't... Selling music is not a way to make money now. It's a way to make money if I can download anything for free. I, I think um, it, it really depends on uh, the the demographic that we're marketing to. Mm-hmm. Um, in rock music and things like the, the aspects where I'm a lot more well-versed, mm-hmm. I think that record companies are still, do, still doing really, really well. But for, like, the younger demographic that's keeping up with, like, maybe, like, the more, like, hip-hop or what's trending in pop, definitely a digital thing is yeah. a See, lot I, more. And, and that's a good point because I'm not as... I listen to a lot of me, rock music and different music, but I'm not well-versed in how mo- modern rock music is. I don't listen to much new yeah. rock music at all. Um, at all. Uh, and uh, and that's, so, for me, that's all I see is that... Like, everyone's do-it-yourselfing now. The best rappers, the Odd Futures, the Kendrick Lamars, the Macklemores are all... They're all, ind- they're all independent. They get they bought in distribution through Sony to get their albums out there, but they all came through their own independent labels. Yeah. And Run the Jewels is the one of the best... Was probably the best albums of... Tw- hip-hop album of 2014, and there it's independent. It's, it's Hip-hop is becoming super independent. Yeah. Um, it's it, because everyone can do it. It's so easy to do it yourself. I think. I uh, think it's it's much easier to do it yourself. The the technology is advanced and it's cheaper and it's. Oh yeah, and the other thing too is what is trending and what's like hot mm-hmm. changes so fucking frequently mm-hmm. that these older people that run the record labels don't know how to fucking keep up with it. Mm-hmm. That's why independents don't do so good. You never have any fucking idea what something's gonna blow up. Yep. Odd Future, for example good example like that fucking came out of nowhere mm-hmm. and i think from like a major marketability standpoint like just looking at it at face value okay you have these people like the beats are not that good the production on a lot of that early Sim- odd future oh, simple, stuff very simple very simple I, the production I, I mean, I enjoy is like, it but they, it's definitely I'm not, simple yeah i don't not saying anything negative yes because i do yes. like this stuff but it's like it's picture being like a guy like a record executive mm. hearing like Tyler's bastard album. Yes, bastard is the best example. And you have like 
these beats that are really raw and simple sometimes like it's like in time but the samples are like a little off and mm -hmm. like the vocals aren't like quite mixed in right sometimes yeah, and, like yeah. things it's are very like raw yeah it's super super raw but that's what made it good yeah but i don't think any record executive would have been able to hear that and been like oh i get it yeah and but it got released into the world and like it was a very almost like punk rock that's exactly aesthetic what i was gonna say is like it was people it started just, that they never heard it and they were like what the fuck is this this is insane and then it the song it's the, they created whole many there's so many new offshoots now i would say that they maybe there was i'm sure there was somebody before them that was like that but they were the first ones that i knew that did that punk rock aesthetic they're screaming they're threat they're moshing at shows and it was so different it was so fresh it was so new it was something i never seen before i never never seen before and it was so raw and and, and it might have been simple but it was so different that you just had to take notice and yonkers like changed oh yeah changed the game yeah i think that i really like the aesthetic of the Odd Future stuff more so than a lot of the music. I did like, like I like that early Earl stuff. Earl's, early the, Earl's, excellent. The early Tyler stuff I liked. Whenever Odd Future picked up and like started doing like the shows on Adult that Swim is, and stuff yeah, like that. I agree, like, totally it's agree. It's too like... Totally agree. It Because I think there was this line at first. The, I think the thing that made Odd Future, like it kind of like freaked me out in a way because I wasn't sure if these guys were serious if they were joking, if, like, they were just out of their minds or what. But when mm -hmm. they start doing all the shit on Adult Swim, it's kind of like, oh, like, this is, like... It kind of, like, it characterized everything too much. Yes. It made it yes. not seem so genuine. Yeah, and I, I, that's... They, Adult Swim tried to, like, Kathleen cash in on it a little bit. I don't think that, that show... I don't... That show's not... It doesn't appeal to me. I mean, I'm sure there's some kids that, like, young... It's obviously yeah. younger, younger kids, but... I uh, I don't know I don't I don't know I don't I think this was the beginning of the missteps and, and Goblin and Goblin was still good, but it wasn't as good as Bastard and then obviously Wolf I didn't think is still pretty good but not as good as Goblin. It's just not for me. Uh, yeah, I can't say yeah, that it's bad. Yeah. It's just not for me. It, it's all yeah. I like songs. I like certain songs. Are you a Frank Ocean guy? Love him. He's excellent. Nostalgia Ultra changed my life. Like and then for Channel Orange is good, but I'm I love Nostalgia Ultra. That mixtape I always put it on when I got ladies over. <laughs> because it's, like, because it's it, I heard Pharrell had a quote about Frank Ocean. He called him the Black James Taylor, because it's R it's like this R and B and it's 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 got this modern sound to it, but the songwriting is very and he's like a crooner and he's just I, it's so so different. I, I love the that. thing that always fucked with me about Frank Ocean was it was the production elements in the early Tyler stuff that made me like it, like that rawness, mm -hmm. was what I didn't like about the early Frank Ocean. Really? Yeah. Really? Like, you, like Nostalgia Ultra, because Nostalgia Ultra, he sing, he's obviously sings on other songs. Like, it's like a mixtape. He does sing on, like, a Coldplay song and, like... Yeah. Uh, I just felt like it was a little underproduced. Yeah. It was simple. Like, and, like, there is a Tyler song there was that like, he does. There and, was, like, some stuff where I felt, like, just, like, a little bit of, like, reverb or some layering on his vocals would make this track bang but it's always so just like like anytime i've listened to any of his stuff that i've heard i've always been like man i wish there was this here or this like just a little wow. extra something in the production really yeah so uh, but it, then again this did, is this is the other thing too do you know how much r&b and that kind of music i really listen mm -hmm. to to begin with i don't even fuck with it so well, i think i don't know there's this movement though in modern r&b even and like you can hear it now in pop with lord is very there's this minimalist movement like there's these beats now are very airy and spacey. well I like a lot of dude like the Banks stuff yeah, yeah I love that fucking album I think of it yeah I have it right there <laughs> it's just, um but I uh fucking um I think that I have like a weird thing I guess like against I guess like male R and B stuff I've never really been driven to it the, the, so it's because not, it's always it's always pretty the same, like, similar, and, like, I'm not a Chris Brown or Trey Songs or something like that guy. I liked Boys to Men back in the day, um, but other than that, I really didn't listen to it either. And Frank Ocean, I, I, Jason, I, I think Jason Mraz was, like, a good transition for me. Because, sure. because he has R&B kind of, he has R&B elements, 
and singer-songwriter elements. And Frank Ocean is just the same, like that, but a little more towards the R&B side, a step more towards that. Sure. Way. So I think that was why I, it appealed to me because it has it has that both of that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because it's got it has the R&B and it has that singer-songwriter feel. Yeah, I uh, I can't I, like, like I can't say that anything Frank Ocean does is bad. It's just it's not for me. It has yeah. It's never I'll, and, wanna, with me. and and I want to and I want to know what album you're talking like channel because I don't you if you're familiar with Channel Orange versus Nostalgia Ultra. Like, cause his projects are very different. The one is like major label, the major label album, and the one is when he was still in Odd Future, like mm. Odd Future with Ty like Tyler did a couple of the beats. You on know, it. I would probably need to hear the songs because I've never really, I haven't downloaded an album or like really looked out for it. Mm. It's just been like I'm in a car with people, and I I know his voice. It's very distinct, mm -hmm. so I can hear it and be like, oh, this is fucking Frank Ocean, and yeah. like I'm hearing it, and I'm always like. Uh, yeah, I think you just, maybe you just like, need to hear the right the right ones. Like a okay, well here like a good example that we could probably is on uh, the song that he sings the hook on that's on Goblin. She. She. Yeah. Like yeah, I right hate right that right production right. because that's it's a just, Tyler's, but that's a straight up Tyler's song. Yeah, yeah. It has a Tyler. But it's like wah, I wish. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah. But see, I like. See, I like that. So stuff. many people love that song. That synthy. I love that synthy little line in that song. It's simp It might be simple, but I like that. There's just sound. something about just his vocal melody and that hook that seems like it doesn't. It's a little dis, like almost a little dissonant. It like doesn't. Flash. It doesn't lock into place. You're right. You're right. But I, I think that that appeals to some to people because it's not exactly dissonant. It's not those notes don't fit. But it's but there's something off about it. You're totally right. And I yeah. hear it in some of uh, because like Tyler will make some weird beat and Frank will sing something random on it and it'll kind of work, but it won't. But I think that that kind of clashes what they're going for. It makes it a little yeah. noisy, like kind of a noise, but but slight. It's no. weird because like I can appreciate things that clash and don't mix because I listen to some weird shit. Yeah, like Death Grips or like sure. the extreme. Of yeah, that. yeah, and I love Death Grips. Yeah. But for some, I don't know why. Just for some reason, that song has never clicked with me. I'm not. I'm never. I'm I never, see, I like that song. I've never been like fuck that song. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just like it, that's the thing. I'm never really like. There's very few things that I'll hear and be like fuck that. Because like, there's always a market for somebody that likes something. It's just if it doesn't click with me, it doesn't click with me, and it's yeah. not like oh no, my no, no. fucking oh, opinion totally, is yes, the be course, all end all. Of course, that's how I feel too. <laughs> you know? That's how I feel too. And not everybody doesn't like everything. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. What I think is good is not necessarily what everybody thinks is good. Yeah, I mean, I um, but there's usually a pre I, I can at least appreciate if I don't like something like uh, um, the girl. Uh, I'm just, like so seeing someone who likes like Tool a lot, and I might not be. <laughs> I might not be the biggest. I might not be super into tool. Sure. Super into tool, and um, I appreciate what Maynard does. Perfect circle, like that too. Like, but it's sometimes like seven minute songs, and they're slow, and he has that droning, same melody voice, and, and I appreciate it. The songwriting's excellent. I appreciate what it is, but I might not necessarily want to listen to it all the time. Sure. As a musician, going back to she, I get really intrigued by the chorus, though because of the fact that so many people do like it and it is latching on like people that I know that typically like more mainstream or not so wacky things that are latching onto this kind of off hook mm -hmm. and it as a musician I get really interested as like how like why like why are you into this and yeah. it's really neat it just makes me think like how could I find different weird ways to approach music so there's been times oh, when yeah. i'm writing music and something doesn't work mm -hmm. quite but i feel like it kind of does and it's like well then you know i push it to the side and try to struggle to find something to put in there yeah and yeah, it makes I me think exactly like oh maybe mean. i had it maybe yeah, that yeah. weird little off thing was You're it. so right because then you double guess it because it's like it gives it like a raw quality like you want that raw quality or do you want it to be polished and perfect and beautiful and sometimes like and now i think when people hear too much polished and beautiful that they need some some rawness and and you see it in the cycles of music you see it in the 90s and nirvana smashed Absolutely. smashed yeah. hair metal yeah pieces uh-huh because people didn't want to hear that shit anymore they wanted to hear something raw they want to hear something emotional and angsty uh apparently yeah. um 
And I think that's what happens. I think Odd Future was capturing that. They, they're they not, I'm not comparing Odd Future to Nirvana, but I'm saying that it's a similar kind of um, a movement. It's a reset button. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, let's On smash culture. and start over. Yeah, yeah let's smash and smash the state and start over. Yeah. Like communism. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I think it's essentially what it did to hip-hop. And then you had a lot of people come out after that. You had Danny Brown, you have Action Bronson, and you have Captain Murphy and Flying Lotus. And there's so much new hip-hop. Oh, sure. Run the Jewels. Run the Jewels. And, like, and Run the Jewels is amazing. Like, the story of that is amazing. Like, I don't know how far... You're familiar with LP, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, and Killer Mike. Like, how they, like LP was this underground dude and made amazing beats that were noisy and a little crazy and a little off-kilter. Um, and, and this uh, chaotic rap flow, and and it's just different, and was underground, and nobody liked it, or no, not a lot of people liked it. And then now, this now that hip-hop is reset, and the internet gives you this platform, you can go out and find these people like this. And now he has to have this career renaissance with Killer Mike, who's fucking from working with Outkast. Yeah. Like, how does this guy from working with Outkast come together with this dude from working with Cage and Aesop Rock and that kind of stuff? Uh, uh, Def Jux. Def Jux and Outkast, and then you come together and you make some of the most refreshing and crazy hip-hop of I the last two years. I think it's just like... Getting those, like, again, it's going back to mindless self-indulgence. It's getting the right combination of people that have the same genuine ideals behind mm -hmm. something. And they get together. And sometimes it's like, these people don't even make sense together, but it they works. still, they want the same thing. It works. You know? And then, and like with the Run the Jewels, when you when I listen to it, you hear the Southern influence and the because the beats are really hard and they're banging like they're head nodders. But then at the same time, they're very like aggressive. It's very aggressive and it's raw and it appeals to that side too. And it's a little, it's different. And the, the lyrics are are aggressive, but they're they're technical. It's technical hip hop like lyrically, um, and it's a, it's a refreshing. It's yeah, it's, you're right. It's the right putting the right people in the right room together and on the subject of like death grips and going back to yeezus yes i feel like yeezus was like kanye's attempt at trying to do this like raw more death grips odd future style well and of, that's like, you, you know, that's exactly what it is yeah because right before yeezus you these people were in the underground and cage's hat was having his career he was kind of coming back and and like LPs was coming back, all these people were coming were were that were darker. This dark hip hop was and, and noisy uh, hip hop and almost industrial ish hip hop was coming back. Yeah. And Danny Brown and there were just so many people that just came out and were different. And these and Connie saw that and saw that's what the kids want, and so he wanted to emulate that. I think and he failed. And I feel like yeah, he failed. It's just like that's because it's not coming. It's not coming from that genuine place. That's exactly that what I was it talking is. about. It's, it's exactly like, that's not it Kanye. It's more forced. Yeah, it seems like it's Kanye's interpretation of what's really going on right now, or what was. But it's that like you're not last year, two years ago. You're not like some kid with no money in your early twenties doing what you can with limited resources. Yeah. You know, you're in your what thirties, maybe early forties. I don't know how fucking old that dude yeah, is. He's probably like thirty six. Yeah, like, like you know, up there with millions of dollars, unlimited resources. You don't have the same like angst or fury behind you right now. There's no fucking way. Well, he's he's got some sort of angst. That's for damn sure. <laughs> that, that man is angry. Yeah. Um. But you're totally right, and that's why that's why young young people always capture the the essence of the generation of the time is because they're living it. They they're on the ground. They're in the, they're in the the streets. You know. Yeah. They know how they feel. You can't you can't try to imitate or Im try to figure that out if you're not experiencing it. And that's and that's why it's so amazing to me that so many rappers have this longevity in music, and how they can still relate. Like Jay Z has, has this incredibly long, and Eminem have these incredibly long careers. Obviously, they aren't as good as their highest points, but um, it, it's amazing. And hip hop can it brings this longevity to these artists. I think more so than even than. At least the artists of the '90s, like uh, no rock, not a lot of rock survived. Survived the, those nah. times, and those are some amazing music was well, made because they were. I mean, with the you got what like everybody in hip hop's like 
you know, just like smoking weed and drinking. Everybody in rocks doing fucking heroin. heroin. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's why they're gone. You're right. And the one that's and to to bring it back to my in my influences and what I'm, what I've what's been making me do what I do right now. I've been going back and listening to a lot of, like '90s. I've been into a lot of '90s music, like Britpop, a lot of Britpop. I uh, Blur, Oasis, Pulp. Uh, trip like trip hop of the time, Portishead and Massive Attack. Dude, Portishead. Everyone's everyone loves Portishead. I and everyone everyone definitely is into Portishead. Dude, uh, that shit is crazy. unreal for it's the crazy. time. For that's what and that's what it was. Is and st- Stone Roses and and these bands and, and and stuff like that that were like all break beaty. Like the rock bands had break beats. Like they were playing the <laughs> drums. They were playing drums that were break beats. That you they, could, they were playing the drums that everybody was gonna sample in five for, years. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and that is exactly what happened. That's what a massive attack and Portishead that are were sampled over and over and over again because they were ten years ahead of the time. Um, Blur, Blur, which that's you know Damon Albarn. Yeah. yeah, you know that whole story. Like, it's I couldn't believe that that was the same guy. Like this, and then they came out in like the early '90s, and they have this. Blur has this like incredible career. Then he does large discography. Yes, then they do Gorilla. Then you have Gorillas, and then he is his solo album recently this year, the Lonely Press Play, uh, or Everyday Robots. That's what it was called. That was excellent. I didn't listen to it. Excellent album. It's more singer songwritery. The percussion is all like noises, like cassettes going into stuff. Like it's like weird. like it's cool. It sounds it's it's very airy and spacey, but I like it. I liked it. But uh, but just this, this is a guy who generally just wants to make new new stuff. He wants to push things forward. Um, this is like after I listen to like Blur and Park Life, and then Blur when they're doing Song Two and and that grungy, what's more grungy, uh-huh. a little more like influenced by the American stuff. And then gorillas, and I've just fallen in love with. I'm like obsessed with Damon Albarn right now. Like, <laughs> this guy is, how is he not like worshipped by the music community? Because his catalog is so impressive. Um, and it's now inspired me to go back to singing more. And that's what. And that's why I've been doing. I don't know if you've know. I've put out these like secret jam sessions. They're all do. Yeah, you know, I keep seeing the fucking videos, but this is the problem with the fucking internet. Is every time I see these, I'm on the bus or I'm yeah. just flipping through at work real quick. Mm-hmm. I don't have and time yeah, to sit down. About it. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it totally happens. I've had a lot. I've been having a lot of content come out recently. Um, but what they are is I've covered. Uh, first, I did with his, with Kristen Vassello. Uh, she's like she plays acoustic guitar. We did Creep by Radiohead, um, and then I mixed in Kanye's Runaway in it the in the middle of it, and it kind of go back to how I started with the lollipop thing. And then we mix in TLC's creep at the end, and it all worked. It all works. Like you know, when you watch it, like it works. Uh, if you watch it, uh, if you don't, if you remember, yeah, I'll check it out. If you remember, I'll check it. Out. Um, and it, and it's and it was cool. Like and then I just put out one this week, and it's we I cover Slide Away by Oasis, and uh, I just want to and the guy plays a, a Nick Svitek from the band Blithound, who's from my area. I'm originally from the Trenum, the Trenum Heights area, down 28. And uh, and he plays electric guitar and it's it's pretty it's pretty neat pretty cute and uh, but I want to get back to I want to put this is my my mantra I've been saying this all the time I want to keep all the tools on the belt if I can sing and I can rap like I and I want my music to reflect like it needs to be balanced like I'm a balanced person I want to I want to reflect that I like a lot of different stuff and I think this is an age where there's a lot of people that like a lot of different stuff yeah and. Um, so it's, now it's the time to make what you want to make and not be put yourself in a box. No more box. No more box. I'm yeah. not a rapper. I'm not a rock. I'm not in a rock band. I'm like, and then you have you obviously embrace that vibe. You're a person that kind of embraces that vibe. Sure. Uh, um, nah. And there's some. There's a small pocket of people around here that definitely do. Um, but I want to. I want to take it full force now that I people people kind of finally get some some respect for, for the rap and that's what it was at first when I started rapping and people were like why are you doing this you sing just sing stop like it was like an embar- like I was embarrassing myself like for a while and I sucked at first so there was like a reason I kind of was and then you learn because hip hop is like a practice craft like you get better and better at it the more you listen to people and study people and their patterns rhyme patterns and rhythms and whatever yeah um, and you and you learn 
and you get better. And then now I'm at a point, and then I'm like, I forgot about singing. Like, what, what about that? Like, you did that for like 10 years, dude. Well, I just stopped <laughs> doing that. You just worried about people not not hating on you for rapping. Yeah. And so now I think this is like, the, I'm, this is the point where I'm at where I want to create, be, to create, do it all together. And I want, I've been working with live, more live musicians, and but I've been working with like, and uh, DJs, like in the EDM, more EDM and more electronic. But then at the same time, I want to. I've been working with people with more sampling, um, and I, I want to have a little bit of, of all that. I don't, and I know that it's important to keep a sound for an album, a cohesive sound. Um, I don't want there to be like one electronic sound and track, and then one sampled sound yeah. and track because that would be bad. That's uh, what I fucked up on the last album. It's hard to. It's 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 hard to. If you want to do everything, but you got mm-hmm. it, but at the same time, people want to hear a, a, a cohesive sound yeah, to I a think project. I'm finishing up the new Sykes album now, and mm. it's very cohesive. Yeah, that's, that's I it. had to like, I had to restrain myself in some aspects, but also I was able to step outside of the box even more in other aspects, in order to keep that cohesiveness across everything so it worked i'm happy with it it might not be everything that i want to do yeah but that's what the fuck other projects are for other albums you know this one thing Mm -hmm. is all one thing and then the next thing will be the next thing i think that it's a lot easier for me now uh, a few years ago back before because like i'm in a couple different bands and stuff now you know when i wasn't i was trying to put it everything into one hat because I didn't have all these other resources, you know. Mm-hmm. And now that I do, it's a lot easier for me to just focus on one thing at a time and be like, "This is just gonna be this." Uh, and this I'm not gonna uh, get this project. Uh, yeah, this so, project. Yeah. I'm gonna do this instead of like trying to put like that electronic track and that more rock sounding track and the more hip hop sounding track all into one album. Mm-hmm. Now I can. Yeah, divide, keep it divided. Yeah, and I but just, still like allow the influences from everything to yeah, seep yeah, in, so yeah. it has that something that makes it feel like it's my own. Mm-hmm. But there's just certain lines that you do have to draw. You're definitely right. You're definitely right, and I'm and that's gonna be a big, big project for this album I'm working on. Well, actually, me and Bars Blackman, uh, we have an EP. His uh, plug time of uh, this much time. How where are we at here? I don't give a shit. All right. Um, <laughs> um, we have an EP dropping next Saturday. Actually, uh, it's called the Rock Lobster EP, um, and Volume One, and, and and it's called Brit Pop Hip Hop, because this is what all I've been listening to lately. And what we've done with If from What If Studios is we have rap. We rap on old. Uh, old songs like we were, we put we released one the death at the party which was on a blur song off of uh, the self-titled album and it, it sounded it sounds good and then we uh, we do like an oasis one we do like the verve bittersweet symphony and we do like just uh, a stone roses song uh, fool's gold uh, I forget what else a sneaker pimp song like we do just in UK like all just the theme and we want to make like a volume like it's like six songs seven songs and the next one will be like a different era like i've already started choosing like listen because i'm just going back and listening to things and then it's like oh you could kind of rap on this like sure just loop it yeah like loop it and rap on it and that's where i'm at now like i want to just i'm stealing these little things like my main project will be all original music and these eps are going to be just easy little steel i'm going to wrap on these cool things because then yeah it's like a mixtape feel yes exactly taking other industry beats exactly you get it you got it you got it totally i do understand it me and my friend in high school actually we did a really fucked up project called dyskinesia where we were like what if we had a metal band but did it all in the way that hip-hop was made so instead of sampling old like jazz records and break beats and stuff we just sampled all metal and just spliced it together all fucked up and then just yelled on top of it oh my and it's fucking really weird yeah and like i mean at the time 
when we, this was like 2003, 2004, we put it out into the, and all of our friends were like, what the fuck is this? And I still listen to it and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. It's real just wow. wacky. That, but that sounds crazy. Because I mean, at the time I was, that was, I was making beats and doing yeah, like sampling. Yeah. So my friend just came to me with this idea, like, let's try this. Yeah. So it yeah. was fun. Yeah. That's basically just experiment, yeah. just see what happens. And, uh. Like, we're going to push it pretty, you know, and we haven't put out a project. We didn't put out a project in 2014 because we were focusing on, like, we were with the Spitzkrieg, like, this group. We have an album that's almost done, um, and then we pushed, like, individual videos and random things, but we kind of didn't put out a project last year. It was I don't know how it didn't happen. So now we're putting out this EP, and then I got, I'm working on my solo album right now, and uh, which is going to be a little bit, a lot different than my last shit's. I was more like my last album, Ghostwriter for Hire, was very like I was like lyrical miracle. Like I gotta rap good. Like I made good songs. There's good songs on it. Like Susan's on that. Um, uh, like some of my crazy shit is on there. Like I got experimental at times, but then I forced in a bunch of boom bap beats where I tried to rap really lyrical. Yeah, you were just trying to impress. Yeah, and to prove to prove to somebody, myself maybe. Sure. Um. So now I just I'm embracing being like not imitate like just trying to do what i want to do this is the time where i'm yeah it's not about getting getting respect it's not about earning anything like i just want to make what i finally make what i truly want to make sure and do and use everything like that my talent all the yeah all the resources that you have the tools on the belt yeah for i like a lot of that real intelligent hip-hop shit mm -hmm. but for me when i write naturally it's like i don't write like that yeah so very early on i stopped trying to write like that Mm -hmm. It's just like it's like so the stuff that I write now it's like I want to be saying some shit and I want you to understand. Yes, it. I don't yes, want you to be it. like listening to Aesop Rock and have yes. to get out Google to figure out like what the fuck this reference. Rap I, genius. I yeah. love that stuff. I do too. But LP it's just Rock. not me. Yeah. And again, that goes back to mindless self indulgence again. It's like I want to do something that's genuine. Yeah. So and that's just not me. Yeah. I'm glad that he can do that and he can write like that. Yeah. But that's not me. Well, and I I like to incorporate my writing definitely will always incorporate elements like that, like the rhyming at least. Like I like to rhyme. It's me and bars like it's our thing. Like oh, we sure. try to rhyme as much as possible. But we all but that the key is we will never we don't want to ever sac like before we used to do this. But the key now is that we don't want to sacrifice saying something and being under like being understood. Like just be be lyrical for lyrics' sake, just to, to rhyme, mm -hmm. rhyme just to rhyme. Yeah, I. Coming from, like, the rock background that I do come from, mm -hmm. whenever I approach songs, I approach them as a full concept, start mm -hmm. to finish. It's yeah. like, the verse, the hooks, the bridge, it all needs to be about the same thing You're right. You're for right. me, because it's a fucking song. It's like, I hate songs, it's like, the verse is about some bullshit, then there's a really basic hook, then the next verse is that, about fucking whatever. You get that in hip-hop a ton. Oh, yeah. Especially if you're doing, like, features or working with other people, it's like, nobody's talking, it's like... Yeah. Oh my I mean, god. Yes. Sure, I can I can bang my head to this and like they're keeping a good like rhythm with the flow and it sounds good, but if you like dial in and you're really listening to it, you're like you, well, what is this? Well, and that's the thing. The, like you have to be able to appreciate the technical aspect of hip hop. Yeah. If you don't appreciate like and this is I was trying to explain this to somebody the other day that rapping technically is like being technical at guitar like if you can guitar solo really well <laughs> sure like you know steve vai is a virtuoso guitar but he doesn't make good songs <laughs> it's the same way with battle rappers or people that are super duper lyrical and can rhyme constantly and blow your fucking mind like grammatic or like with yeah. double, double entendres and whatever and in metaphors or whatever and but it doesn't if they're not making a good song like what's it like goes back to the like point? the nirvana debate very simple songs, but undeniably good songs. good songs. And there's a lot of bands like that that make sense. Like, and that's what it is. And you can be simple and make a good song. Yeah, it, it doesn't necessarily. And that's something that I'm now that I'm getting older, I'm appreciating more because there was a phase where I was like, if this isn't lyric, like in my rap phase, like if this isn't have bars, I don't give a shit about it. Oh sure. Like I, if this if they're not killing it, like I don't care. And and now I'm getting more I'm like appreciating what like uh, that aspect because I'm I, listening to rock music and listening to going back to things I used to like and realizing that why I liked it because they were saying something specific or the song was about something. Sure, it's like 
all this stuff's good. It's just like, what are you hungry for? Mm. It's like, do you want like this really complex plate of like delicious Thai food that has all this weird vegetables and meats and sauces mixed in? Or do you just want a fucking slice of pizza? No, you're right. You're totally right. That's what it is. Sometimes you're in the mood for a simple two-minute punk song that's crazy and fast and simple, yeah. but sometimes you want to hear a symphony. Like, sometimes yeah. you want to hear Beethoven. Yeah. Um, it's, you're totally right. And I feel like the music that I make borderlines more on, like, that pizza. That's just who I am. Like, yeah. Just making something that's, like, it's just simple. You understand it. It's like, you look at it, you're like, oh, that's a fucking piece of pizza. See, <laughs> for me... And you know, I get that. I appreciate it. And I get yeah. that. And I, and I like that. I like that metaphor, <laughs> the analogy. I, um, for me, I'm trying to find a balance between the two. Sure. Between that pizza and that gourmet Chef Ramsay shit. You yeah. Know, like that, like 500, that filet mignon. Like that's, yeah. I, I want, I want something that, that was relatable to the everyman on the surface. And, but then when you, but if you go deeper, then you see more. Like, that's what I want. And there are artists that can do that. Yeah, I feel like, mu- I think, like, especially now with this music that I'm doing, mm-hmm. I think that, like, uh, if you dig into it, it's very simple. Yeah. But I think the way that m- me and the band are approaching the stuff that we're doing now, it's very, I think it's a little weird, mm-hmm. the stuff that we're doing. So I think it could be really, like, maybe off-putting to some people. I think it has, like, a sound that's... I don't know. You'll just have to hear it at one point in time whenever it's done. So it's definitely like, I think the sound isn't simple, but I think just as far as like what I'm talking about is very just like life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's, that's what it's about is being relatable. If you're not, if you're not relatable, then what's the point? You know, you can be as, as in, in depth and technical and and smart, intelligent as you want to be, but there's, if only Harvard people can understand it, that's not a lot going to be. Yeah. I mean, I get other people are looking for different things. Some people don't want music that they can relate to. Some people don't give a shit about, like, they don't want to hear a song about somebody's fucking problems or things like well, that. Well, yeah, I mean, not hear necessarily someone. relate to in terms of, like, life problems, yeah. but in terms of, like, people relate to... Some people relate to going out and partying songs. Yeah. Like, people relate to the lighthearted nothingness songs, you know, about no substance at all. Like, that's what they relate to because they're substanceless people. <laughs> and this, I mean, again, this goes back to like that. Uh, you feel like I think we both have that same feeling that we think we have like a decent taste in music. Yes. And the stuff that we put out there can't be that bad. There has to be somebody that's gonna like it. Yes. It's just how big that demographic of people is. Is I don't know. Well, and I I'm very critical of myself. Oh sure. I I, I think that anybody that. <laughs> I, Anybody who gives a shit is really good at themselves. Yeah, I hate my music. I've hated <laughs> everything I've ever done at one point or another. I'm sure. super duper critical. Um, and I see flaw, like everything. I flaws in everything. Like As soon as something's done, I'm going to listen to it a hundred fucking times. And I'll tell you that this note's flat. I could have said that better. Da, 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 da. And, it's, I don't, and I don't think it's going to change. I don't think that will change. But I think that's also it's what's gotten me. I wouldn't have gotten this far if it wasn't sure. for that. That's what... <laughs> if I want to do something, got to make good music. <laughs> yeah, you got to record it eventually. Exactly. Got to make some... So you think we'll we'll be hearing some albums this year? Oh, my projects? God. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> we got the EP next week, and then the Spitz Creek album is like three songs from Done. We, Afterthought's going on tour, so that's like what's going on. He's DJing for Riff Raff, so, uh, which is crazy. Yeah. I just came I watched him come up for like two years. And now he's DJing for Riff Raff on tour. Um, so he, because he, he's in the group, um, so we'll need him to do a couple verses for it to finish it out. By like, the time this gets aired, the EP will be out. So okay. I'll, need, I'll need to get back to you. Okay, so no problem. And get the link. Yeah. No, no, no. But it's at good the time. That we're talking about it. Yes. But, you know, I'll yes. let them know at the beginning that it is out. It, all right, well, you can find it on SoundCloud. I'm not sure if it'll be on mine yet or if we're going to make a, a special one for the both of us together. I'll get the link. Don't worry. Yeah. About it. But uh, it'll be in the description, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's about it. We, yeah. We, we, we got a good bit in there. Yeah, I'm sure. So, I've been talking forever. Yeah. No, it's fine. It's good. It's always better to have more than not enough. Yeah. So, All right, good. Thanks for coming over, and I'm going to do my goodbye thing, so goodbye, and we're going to stop this. All right. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Lazy JP, 
good dude. Never realized I had so much in common with him, especially with our like background and roots and getting started in music and hip-hop and blah 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 blah. But yeah, a lot of fun talking to him. Again, check out that EP that he just put out with Bars Blackman. Links in the description. Check out the show that I talked about at the beginning of the episode. I'll also have a link to that in the description. And yeah, that's about it. I am Sykes. Start the beat. 2015. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening.